Okay, we'll just wait for the internet connection to kind of catch <laughs> catch up with us a little bit there. Let me just check that we are. There we go. We are live. Fantastic. Welcome to this lunchtime session on day one of Event Wellbeing Week 2021. My name is Helen Moon and I'm delighted to be joined by Emily Woodward this lunchtime, who's going to be asking the question, are you fueling the fire or heading for burnout? Hi, um, Emily is well tuned to Event Life as a, a previous charity fundraiser and event organiser. She's used to the uh, on the, the the demands, the unsociable hours, the long hours, all that kind of stuff. She's been there. She understands it. Um, and she's here to basically talk about how good nutrition is so crucial and important to supporting well-being. And we also understand as event professionals how difficult good nutrition can be in the lead up, but also during an event. So without further ado, I'm going to hand you over to Emily. Take it away, Emily. Oh, thank you ever so much, Helen. Thank you ever so much for having me be a part of this um, week, I guess. It's fantastic. And what a great thing you have put together to help support the events industry, because I know only too well um, how difficult it is. Um, so as Helen said, I'm Emily Woodward. I'm a BANT registered nutritional therapist and nutritionist. And I'm going to be talking to you today about, yes, are you fueling the fire or heading for burnout? Sounds a bit like a double entendre, but essentially fueling the fire, we know as event professionals, you know, are you fueling your passion um, or are you heading for um, a difficult burnout through fatigue? Um, I just want to kick things off by saying to start with, first things first, this is a safe space. Um, I often find when people find out what I do as a nutritionist, people will start to justify their food choices to me or give reasons as to why they ate a certain food. And I just want to reassure you that that is not what I am about at all. Um, I see my role as a nutritionist and nutritional therapist to educate and support people through their nutrition journey and that might include changing making changes to their food choices and their daily habits but never at any point through my time with working with anybody is my role to judge or judge people's choices um, or judge the decisions they make around food at the end of the day food is to be enjoyed i am a big foodie as you can see from this photo from a few christmases ago there are no good or bad foods. All food has a space in our environment, but it's just about understanding what we can do for ourselves so that we can feel well for the majority of the time and how we can fuel ourselves through situations where we're perhaps experiencing excessive stress um, or difficult situations. Um, so yeah, as I said, a little bit about me now, I am a registered nutritional therapy practitioner. I studied at the Institute for Optimum Nutrition. I studied for three years doing my diploma and prior to that I had to do an, a science access course. And just because that wasn't enough, I had a baby partway through all that as well. Um, so I know all about uh, working hard and juggling still. Um, but what does that mean? What does it mean to be a nutritional therapy practitioner? On the whole, I work with my clients on a one-to-one -one basis or in small group settings, and I work with them to provide personalised nutrition solutions. Um, we will focus on their individual health goals, and we'll look at their health history and see what it is that they're looking to achieve um, through changes and, and adaptations to their, their lifestyle, essentially. 
All the work that I do is always backed by the latest science and research. However, I am very pragmatic in my approach to working with clients. Um, I'll work with clients to help debunk myths um, and feel food freedom because that is really, really important to a good balanced approach to nutrition. And alongside the nutrition, I often speak a lot with my clients about movement through stress support, breath work, mindfulness, because nutrition will only ever get you so far. And it's really important that we look at ourselves as a whole and look at how we can nourish ourselves, not just through food, but also through our spiritual connections, through our physical connections, um, and so much more. However, as Helen touched on previously, prior to training as a nutritional therapist, I did work in the charity sector for a good number of years as a community fundraiser. Um, I worked for four years with the Alzheimer's Society and then I moved to work with my local hospital trust as part of their in-house charity. Um, during my time at Alzheimer's Society, my job was my life. Um, I was so dedicated to the cause for my own very personal reasons and I was so passionate about supporting everyone else that wanted to do their bit for the cause as well. I worked evenings, I worked weekends, I missed birthdays, I missed hem parties. I can remember going to a party um, with my husband one weekend and people commenting that they thought I had just, you know, been buried under the patio and had disappeared off the face of the earth because they hadn't seen me for so long. I sacrificed an awful lot. Um, I thought it made me a better fundraiser. I was really showing my dedication and my and my passion by, by working like that. And the truth is, um, it was running me into the ground. Um, I was frequently ill. I caught every cold, cough, flu that was going. I was exhausted and as I said I was sacrificing my own personal life. It, it just wasn't a healthy space to be in. I knew what it meant to be eating on the road. Being so busy at an event day that you were lucky if you grabbed a drink or a biscuit if you were you know if you were particularly lucky for the whole day. Um, as a community fundraiser you get to go to all kinds of wonderful events um, and so you know the many many bake sales that you would go to you might know that would be your only chance to eat that day so you'd grab a cake or a biscuit to, to get through. My glove box in my car was full of high energy high sugar snacks to keep me going on the go um, and yeah I just didn't look after myself. And hindsight is a truly wonderful thing. Um, and now I have the chance to share some knowledge around what I have learned over the past few years around how the right nutrition and some simple hints and tips and tricks um, can really help you to thrive in the event sphere and to really look after yourself. So I'm going to run through sort of my top, my top tips um, and um, hopefully there'll be some little things that you can take away from there. So our ultimate aim in all of this is to help balance our blood sugar levels. And that's because that has such a big impact on our energy. Um, if you can see the diagram that I'm sharing, you can see it's almost like a bit of a, a roller coaster. Throughout the day, our blood sugar naturally goes up and down. Of course it does in our response to the food that we eat. The magic happens when we are able to maintain that in quite a balanced state. 
but what often quite happens is it becomes quite erratic and so we get these huge spikes in blood sugar and ultimately what goes up quickly comes down quickly and therefore that's when we start to feel tired and, and fatigued. Um, and I just want to acknowledge that this might not feel easy and some days it might even feel impossible. I absolutely know that. This is just about slowly building in some new habits, some little tips, some small changes that over the longer term will start to help. But also accepting that some days that just won't go to plan and that is okay too. So this might seem obvious to some people, um, but it's something I do talk with my clients a lot about because day to day, a lot of us struggle to regulate our blood sugar balance, let alone when we're working in a high, highly stressful, highly active environment and role. When we eat, essentially our body draws energy from that food in order to function. And carbohydrates are the body's preferred source of energy because it's an immediate fuel source and we feel the benefits from it relatively quickly. However, the type of carbohydrate and the overall makeup of that meal and snack can impact how long we are sustained by that food, that meal or that snack. As a really broad example, when we consume what we would call simple carbohydrates, so these tend to be um, high sugar, so baked goods or chocolates and sweets, also things like white um, bread, white pasta, noodles, etc. We normally feel pretty good after them. We normally feel pretty energized. However, you might notice that not long after that, you'll start to crash, have a bit of a, a slump and feel quite tired. Um, and what happens then is we will reach for another hit and the cravings start to set in. And this then becomes a vicious cycle we find ourselves in because we will feel um, low in energy. So we'll re reach for a high energy snack, our blood sugar levels spike, they come back down and thus the cycle continues. However, there are little, lots of little hints and tips and helpful things that we can think about that can help with this cycle and help to keep it on track a little bit easier. So my top tip number one is protein. Protein is absolutely your friend <laughs> and unfortunately it often gets overlooked um, and big marketing, big food industry has done a wonderful job over the decades of selling goods convenience in the form of high energy low protein snack options. So you only need to think about when you're on the road or you're at an event venue and the snack options that may be available to you in the um, vending machine at the service station. Things are slowly improving and we're seeing a switch in what is available in terms of eat, grab and go options. But in, historically, they have been sweet cereal bars, high fruit, lots of added sugars, essentially something that makes us feel good and picks us up really quickly. What they've all lacked has been protein. But the good news is this is a relatively easy thing that you can rectify. Um, and it's not about not going for the fruit option. It's about thinking about what you can add to it. 
And that is always my mantra with my clients. Always think about what you can add in, not what you can take away. This isn't about depriving. It's about bringing in the extra nourishment that you need. Adding protein in can be really, really simple. It doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't need to be fancy. It can be as simple as bringing in something like a handful of nuts and seeds, being sure to opt for plain options rather than salted and flavoured ones because they tend to have added sugars and things like that in. You might bring in some nut butters, so having some apple slices with some almond butter or peanut butter. Um, it can be adding in a small piece of cheese, some yogurt, some hummus, some cottage cheese. You get the idea. But by ensuring you bring this element in, you help to slow down the release of sugars from the foods, therefore keeping you satisfied, fuller and more energised for a much longer period of time. You're therefore less likely to experience a crash, a low energy post meal, and therefore you're less likely to want to reach for the sweet stuff. You're less likely to experience those cravings later on in the day. I always say to my clients when we're thinking about our snacks, always treat your snacks as you would your meal. Quite often people will come and, you know, sort of very proudly say, oh, I had an apple for my snack or I had some grapes or um, a handful of raisins. And that's wonderful. But where's the protein? Where's the completion to that meal? Just by bringing in that extra element, you can absolutely transform um, the, the nutrient content, the energy that's available to you um, and potentially how you feel for the rest of that morning or afternoon as well. So my second top tip is actually around hydration. Um, and again, this might seem really obvious, but if we're honest, how many of us are so busy, particularly when we're out on site at an event or in the depths of organisation, that the hours pass by and we suddenly realise that we've not had a drink for hours. Hydration is so, so essential for our co cognitive function dehydration no matter how mild it is can quickly start to impact on our ability to think clearly our decision making capabilities and also how fatigued we feel so going back to again when we feel tired we're more likely to reach for the, reach for the sweet stuff we instinctively want to reach for something we know will give us a quick fix and perk us up again and as i say that's either normally high energy or high caffeine and therefore the roller coaster begins again. So when we're thinking about hydration, day to day, we want to be aiming for about one and a half to two liters of water a day. I always encourage my clients to invest in a good water bottle. In fact, I always say, go and treat yourself to a water bottle that you like, that you know you'll want to pick up and put in your bag and get into the habit of filling it up in the morning and taking it with you and even if you're not going out just start getting into the habit of having it with you every day because that's how habits change by just getting into a routine of including something you've got your phone you've got your keys have you got your water bottle even if it means writing yourself a little post-it note on the cupboard where you keep your keys it just those little prompts will help you to start to filter that in so yeah, invest in a new water bottle, preferably a plastic free one, better for the environment, better for our health um, and go from there. 
I touched on briefly around caffeine. What's the deal with caffeine? Essentially, everyone's ability to metabolize caffeine will vary. So it's really important for you to tune into your body and notice how you feel after drinking caffeine. We know caffeine increases our alertness by interfering with the chemical processes in the brain. But once it's metabolized, some people do find it makes them feel tired. So it's really important for you to know what your response is. Secondly, caffeine has a really long half-life of six hours. That means after six hours after, consu after consuming it, half of the caffeine content is still circulating in the body. As I say, we know that caffeine interrupts the, the pathways in the brain. We know it impacts on our sleep-wake cycle. So it's really important to think about when you're consuming caffeine during the day. I often recommend to my clients that they stop drinking caffeine after midday because it allows the body time to metabolize and excrete well before bedtime, well before the time that they want to um, wind down. And if you are somebody that's particularly sensitive to caffeine and you find that actually it's making you quite fatigued, again, it's opening up the doors for you to enter into that cycle of feeling tired, reaching for caffeine, reaching for sugar, and, and like I say, kind of not getting off that roller coaster. So it's a couple of important things to think about there. My final top tip actually isn't nutrition related, um, but it's something I talk again with my clients about an awful lot. And some of you are probably listening to this chuckling to yourself thinking, what's sleep? Um, you know, what's good quality sleep? You know, we have deadlines. We might be sleeping in hotels. We're working on sociable hours. I absolutely hear you. But as I said right at the start, nutrition alone will only get you so far. It's really important that we look at what else is going on for you as an individual. Sleep is so essential for allowing the body to enter the rest and digest space, to recuperate from the day, to work on essential maintenance, to be ready for the day ahead. Research also shows us a correlation between poor sleep and poorer food choices. So you're probably quite aware that those days when you're particularly tired, you know you're going to reach for the higher energy snacks. You're going to reach for the caffeine to keep you going. It's not always easy when you're on the go. I know it's not. But again, start to factor in some habit changes that might help support you. Some ideas might include maintaining a good evening routine. Limit your screen time before bed. Install light blocking filters on your phone and laptop. Take some time to unwind before bed. It's so easy for us to crash in front of Netflix or Prime or whatever's going on. But even just taking 20 minutes prior to bed, do some reading, maybe lis listening to something like a car map or Headspace, doing some colouring. There's no right or wrong here, so find what works for you. There's nothing less relaxing than trying to make yourself do something that doesn't feel right for you. So take some time to find what works for you to help you wind down. Think about using things like eye masks and earplugs, especially when you're away from home, if that helps. Make sure that the room is well ventilated. Um, open a window if you can. Keep the temperature cool because we're more likely to enter a restful sleep. Don't jump in with all of these things. Like I say, spend some time thinking about just a couple of those points. 
and where you might start to make those changes and start to implement them and make them habit and see what difference that makes to the quality of the sleep you're getting and um, because it can make a massive improvement. So my final top tips in terms of how you can implement some of this into your event schedule, into your day to day. Number one, be organised. And I know that's really, really cliche, but it really does help. Spending some time at the weekend or on an evening where you can pre-prepare your snacks, you know, bag them up, box them up, chop up some vegetables ready, portion things out. They will go such a long way when you're in a rush because the minute we have to start thinking about what we might want and having to prepare something, the less likely we are to do it. So being one step ahead of yourself can make a massive dif difference. Number two, prioritise your needs. I've just been speaking with Helen about this. You know, you can't be at your best if you don't look after yourself. You will burn out. So you really need to start thinking about putting yourself at the top of your list sometimes. When it comes to events as a team, think about how you can prioritise your team's needs. We get so absorbed in the event itself, making sure that our suppliers are sorted, that the contractors are ready, that all the bookings are organised, getting the risk assessments done. Whatever needs to be done is priority. What we don't do is take any time to think about what are the team's needs within that environment. Can you put someone be, to be in charge of the snacks and the lunches? Or at the very least, have someone in charge of prompting everyone else to make sure they take a break. Have they had some lunch? Have they been drinking enough? You know, make that somebody's responsibility. Hold each other accountable. And if you're the person that's in charge of that event, have someone hold you accountable. You know, make people take their breaks. We're really bad at doing that because we're go, 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 go. And actually just 10 minutes can make the world of difference encourage one another to nourish, encourage each other to speak out when it gets too much. And finally, get into the habit of including nourishment as part of your event planning. Include it as an action, give it space and voice and it will start to become the norm and you'll start to see these changes come in for your wider team. So that was a bit of a whistle stop tour but hopefully that's given you some food for thought, pardon the pun, but hopefully it's given you some really simple, easy th tips to take away and action quite quickly with little effort needed. Um, but um, yeah, that's me. Those are my details. That's where you can find me. If you want to get in touch, you want to understand more about supporting your wider team, then please, please do reach out. And as I say, you know, for me, it's not only having that nutritional expertise, but also really understanding what barriers your teams are up against when they are in working within that industry I have been there so um, I absolutely have the, the sympathy and, and support that um, your teams would probably need around that as well so please give me a shout ask any questions you might have um, and also um, just to say that um, if you have tuned in and listened to this, um, I am offering 10% off um, my um, packages and my programmes as well um, if, you've, if you've tuned in. So just use the code EW10. Um, and um, yeah, um, I look forward to hearing from some of you. <laughs> Thank you ever so much.
Excellent. Thank you so much, Emily. Such a really insightful um, session. I hope everyone's taken some really good tips away from that, both people that are watching us live right now and people are going to be watching this back on demand um, at a later day and time. I hope people are going to keep coming back to the session and keep revisiting it and revisiting it. I really liked what you, you said about the, you know, taking things one step at a time. I think that's a good tip isn't it because sometimes when we, we go to develop healthier habits we, we take off a little bit more than we can chew don't we Emily yeah. so kind of yeah absolutely we think we have to do everything all at once and you know I quite often have conversations with clients that will say you know oh I was going to you know exercise for the whole month and, and I haven't achieved it and I always say break it down you know start with the first step you know scheduling one exercise session and see how that feels see where the land lies with that because then you can reward yourself and pat yourself on the back if it does happen but equally it doesn't matter if it doesn't the temptation is always for us to set these huge goals you know I must overhaul my whole diet and quite often that's that's the that's the stumbling block and I had a client the other week actually who said to me you know our first session she said I thought oh Emily's only given me a couple of things to go away and think about and she said and now we're down the line it was so helpful because it's meant that I can just focus on that and get that right just get the protein element right and then I can bring something else in so it, it you know it's massive they make such a huge difference as well so go away and, and google your inbuilt reward system and learn about mm -hmm. the dopamine effects that the yeah. your own kind of the way, the own way that you bred it will credit your brain will credit you with reward with dopamine yeah. hit keep them small give yourself and you'll keep you'll keep wanting to do it because you have your own inbuilt reward system so yeah a, and keep it smart as well yeah. We all know this in the events industry, don't we? Smart, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, achievable and realistic are so key because, like I say, we're so tempted to set these, you know, huge targets for ourselves. And so the minute we hit a stumbling block and we don't reach that because it, it wasn't timely, it wasn't realistic, then we fall into a sort of a negative space about it. And actually, we just need to reframe that, you know, we can take our time with these things. I always say there's no deadline on this. There's no urgency. Take your time and, and it'll 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 sit better and it'll just become part of your norm rather than something you feel you have to do. Yeah, which was what I really liked as well, where you turned around and you said, kind of give it space, give it a voice and it'll start to become the norm. Yeah, and absolutely. It's really important for us all to remember definitely definitely <laughs> what an amazing session thank you so much emily we're going to be going live onto the um official event well 21 event hub now where um, emily's going to be doing her meet the speaker 15 minute q a session if you're watching this back you can actually go to our event hub and if you have any questions for emily if you go to the partners page you'll find her company details and profile details there or you can find her under users and people attending the event and you can pop her a direct message there if you'd like any further information or you've got a specific question so make sure you do that thank you very much emily for your time today you've been absolutely thanks, amazing we'll see you over the event hub now thank okay, you okay thanks helen <laughs>